0: Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I have Monica Pope coming up in a little bit, but first I'm joined by my co host this week. Rebecca Masson, the owner of Fluff Bake Bar in Midtown. Becky, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks for doing this.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Let us dive right into the news of the week, starting with the news that there are big plans for the original beavers. Uh, Monica Pope is actually involved in them. It's one of the things I'm going to talk to her about in a little bit. But first, let me run this by you. Beginning sometime soon, beavers will be known as... (laughs) Vinegar Hill, Houston, which is a historic Houston neighborhood that is adjacent or was adjacent to what we now consider the old Sixth Ward. Okay. It will be a bar. Yes. It will be a co-working space in during the day. And at night, it will have like a 30-seat restaurant, and the chef is going to change every three months
1: or so. I read this. I was, it, I was just i was a little confused how it all came together
0: so i i can i can explain a little bit how it came together so adam brackman is one of the owners of vinegar hill yes and as you know he is also the owner of axelrad in midtown and axelrad has been very successful as a bar that hosts culinary pop-ups like one night you know a rotating group of people and that has been a, a Feature of Axelrad that they have nurtured over the, the time that Axelrad has been open. But that basically is a chef with uh, a couple of camp stoves and a tent. Yes. This takes that idea, the, the pop-up, uh, je de vie, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase, and gives them a full kitchen, no more camp stoves, no more tents, and a restaurant.
1: Right. Yes. Uh, What do you think? I'm not sure how I feel about this. I mean, being someone who hosts a lot of, I guess you would call them pop-ups, for lack of better terms.
0: Every Saturday morning, whether you need to or not.
1: Right. And then, you know, we have the Thursday night takeover once a month. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think for someone who's just starting out or up and coming and doesn't quite have that home yet, I think it's a positive thing for them um i know from experience um obviously the bigger the name the bigger the draw
0: right i think i think that's part of it for me is what kind of marketing is vinegar hill going to do on these guest chefs behalf To get their name out there and make sure that people know that this is happening
1: right and then you know i mean not to be a negative nancy but if you get someone who's they're there for three months right
0: approximately yeah that's the that's the basic plan
1: like what if you get someone and i mean if they if you get someone and they're really good and it's very successful that's great but what if you get a dud like there's a lot of duds i was a dud for a long time
0: yeah what (laughs) right What if it sucks is a legitimate question.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't like to be the negative Nancy and I hope that everyone who they, you know, everyone does their best and, and is successful. But what if,
0: yeah, I think, you know, I I think the, the short term answer is they'll wrap it up and try to find somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, vinegar Hill will primarily be, it's going to be a bar first. They're kind of giving up
1: the food aspect of it. Yeah.
0: To a certain extent, right. These, these chefs, uh, long-term pop-ups are calling it chef residencies. They're going to have their restaurant menu that they'll serve Fridays and Saturdays to start, and maybe more nights if there's a lot of demand. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do like a menu of bar bites that'll come out of the kitchen.
1: Well, thats I mean, you know, that bar's got some good juju. I mean, it's its put out some really successful bartenders.
0: Oh, 100%, right? Yes. Bobby Hugo, Ryan Rouse, Linda Salinas worked there.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, Michael it's,
0: Riojas. I mean, no shortage of, and, and they want to continue that aspect of it, right? They, they want it to be uh, a venue for talented cocktail people. They, They have not figured out who the new talented cocktail person is going to be yet.
1: Maybe they ought to do cocktail residencies. Maybe they should. I (laughs) don't know. I think, you know, having the chef there for not only the dinners, but the bar bites is smart. I mean, people love to nosh on little things while they're drinking.
0: Right. The idea is if you really like the bar bites, you'll you'll come back for for dinner.
1: dinner. Yeah. And that's probably a good way to test the waters. I mean... You can screw up some wings or you can make like the best wings ever.
0: Yeah, I think the real question is if you were a chef, an up and coming chef and you had your choice of 3 months at Vinegar Hill or a year at one of these new food halls. What would you what oh, would God. you do?
1: That's a hard one. Cuz there's always that what if. Yeah, um,
0: but I I think that's what this is going to come down to for a lot of the you know. Yeah, uh, and the first chef they have lined up is Evelyn Garcia. She won an episode of Chopped a few years ago. She's had a bunch of very well regarded pop ups at Axelrad, and this will be a good opportunity for her. Like, to can taste. I can I do this every day? Can I build a following? Can I make? Can I yeah. open a restaurant?
1: Can I open? A re- can I? Yeah, can I take that on? I you know I I love the aspect that it's giving them a chance to. "Quote unquote," have a brick and mortar without the investment to find out if it works. Like I love that idea. Um, I kind of feel like that's what Revival Market was for me when I started. Was like a testing ground to see if, if, if I, you know. If I right. had will, will anybody
0: buy this Veruca salt cake? Oh my
1: God. I used to have night. I had this reoccurring nightmare that no one bought anything. And Ryan and Morgan just like hid everything from me and just paid me. So I wouldn't, they wouldn't make me feel bad. It was terrible. It was like for three months, Um, you know, and, and taking that stress off the table for the chef. I think that's amazing. I think that's a great opportunity. I just don't, I mean, me personally, I don't know if I'd go or not, you know, I just, it'd be a hard thing. Right. I
0: think, right. I think, I it's, think marketing
1: is, is going to be a huge part of this.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Right. They're going to have to, you know, every three months they're going to have to bring in all the little Instagram influencers to come in and <laughs> take pictures and talk about how awesome it is. And, and yeah. once they do that, you know, that'll start to motivate people. I mean, from, from Adam Brackman's perspective, when I talked to him about these, like people always want to try what's new.
1: It's true. They do. That's a good one. But how are you going to keep people's attention where it's like, okay, I tried this. It was good. I don't need to go back. Right. And then right. in three months, you've got to get me attracted again. Right. Yeah. That's going to be a rough one. That's going to be a pretty high PR bill.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll leave that to their, their devoted PR person who's, Yeah. I don't know. Do I name the PR person? Do I not name the PR person?
1: I don't know who it is.
0: It's Jonathan Beitler. Do you, does that oh, make you it's feel, Jonathan. Yeah. Does that make you feel better or worse about their prospects? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, no. Don't I, say anything mean about Jonathan.
1: Oh, I'm not. I would never. I love Jonathan. I think Jonathan will do a fantastic job. Like, he has a great social media presence. He's, like, I think he's kind of on that. He's He's that clientele that goes to Axelrad. So I think he knows like how to get those people over to Vinegar Hill.
0: Right. And I sort of teased Adam about, does, does this mean the hammocks are coming?
1: <laughs> and
0: I don't I don't think he really answered directly. I mean, they they want to have kind of the Rad vibe and I don't know if that means specific
1: the hammocks are coming. Design
0: elements, but
1: they have a great, it's a great patio. I throw some
0: hammocks out there and I personally I throw some hammocks out there and see if people want to hang out in them.
1: Yeah, it's a good patio there. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right, let us move on. Topic number 2. Smith & Walensky, the National Chain Steakhouse, is closing in Highland Village after 15 years. Wow. Do you care? No. Me neither. Yeah. I've never had a good meal there. I'm just going to throw it out there. I've never had a good
1: meal. I've never been.
0: Okay. But here's the thing, right? Steakhouses are super popular. More of them open all the time. Like just in the last year or so, Doris Metropolitan and Mastros, uh Chris Shepard's about to open Georgia James, like maybe as soon as this week. Wow. There's a sh- there's a concept from uh Denver called Garden Grace. It's coming to downtown next year, et cetera, et cetera. Are we in a are we in a moment where old school national steakhouses like Smith and Malinsky are giving way to these like buzzier, more lively concepts like steak 48 and
1: Mastro's. Do you think?
0: Cause that's what I, that's what I wonder about.
1: No, I mean, I look at it like if I'm going to, I mean, obviously I believe Chris Shepard's Georgia James will be successful. I mean, the location is key. It's Chris. It's that
0: one Fist steak was huge for him. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I'm very excited way?
0: about Georgia James.
1: But if I'm thinking Steakhouse, I'm I'm thinking Papa's. I mean, the reputation, you know, I mean, it's a... It's, yeah, all I've, the
0: food people in town love Papa's Brothers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 consistent. You know what you're going to get. You know the wine list is going to be good because there's always somebody, you know, they've always got a right. key player in the sommelier position. You've got people like, you know, I mean, like Justin Beesey and Michael Gaspar doing the R&D for it, like it's a solid meal. Am I going to venture out and try somebody new just because it's new? Probably not. I'll probably go with the old standard. I just, well,
0: yeah. Cause you want that in a steak. That's not Although, saying I
1: won't go to Georgia James. I'll go right. to Georgia. You James will go to Chris. Georgia. Yeah, James. Cause yeah. it's Chris. I mean, duh. Yeah. But I'm just saying like steak 48 Mastros, Doris metropolitan. I haven't been, I probably won't go. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's that rare occasion. I want a steak anyways.
0: <laughs> right. But, but in Houston, a lot of people...
1: I think they're going to go with the name they know.
0: Right. So
1: <laughs>
0: So is there anything you would like to see take a massive two-story space in Highland Village?
1: Oh, my God. Who could do that? That's a huge space. It's
0: not local. Whatever it is, it's coming it's, from out of town.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I can't even fathom who would want to go in there.
0: Well, so I have not. Let's so the, bring
1: back Benigan's. No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. Let's I'm not kidding. Do that. <laughs> the,
0: Ste- the Steak 48 people are saying that they want to open a seafood restaurant called Oceans 48.
1: That could be. I mean.
0: And so I don't know if they've signed a lease for that or not. I thought that they might have their eye on the Pesca space, but that's going to be Ninfa's. And I know they want to stay pretty close to where Steak 48 is.
1: Like original Ninfa's? Yes. Hmm. I didn't but, know see, that.
0: You got to listen to the show every week. Oh the news. God. The news moves fast.
1: I haven't. I know. I ha, Well, I usually listen to it when I'm driving, and I, you know, anyway, I'm sorry.
0: But anyway, so <laughs> the the Steak 48 people have not announced where they are putting Oceans 48.
1: That'd be a good spot, I think. That
0: would be a good spot, and I don't know if they. I don't know if they already have a spot. I'm just putting that out there for uh, Jeff Mastro. If he's he's been on the show, I don't know if he listens to the show every week, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put that out there and see if it uh, see if it works for them.
1: I think that would be, yeah.
0: <clears throat> but it's that kind of operator, something really big. Uh,
1: I mean, you look at, I mean, the ocean air um, is in like the most inconvenient spot in the world and it's successful. Yeah.
0: Cause it's Landry's and well, because it's inconvenient. Like to it's always inconvenient to dine at the Galleria, but there's a lot of people already at the Galleria that like to dine there. Yeah. So if you're only going to the Galleria to dine, it's kind of a pain. And the $11 valet is a, just insulting.
1: <laughs> right.
0: It's a, it's but but if you you know, but if you want to go to Nobu or you wanna to go to Figan Olive or you wanna to go to Del Frisco's or Pelli Peli or Oceanero, you're gonna pay the freight. Yeah. Or you're gonna figure out I, I just never know where to park and walk. I know I don't want it's the so long confusing. walk after dinner.
1: It's so confusing. Right. Yeah. All right. Topic
0: number three. We have a new wine bar coming to Montrose wine retail wine bar. Uh, It's called Light Years. And the twist is that they will only serve natural wine.
1: I was reading that.
0: Are you a natural wine drinker?
1: I drink what tastes good. I mean, so in my case, it's it's a very unfortunate case. I once dated a sommelier and I never paid attention to what was ordered for me because I just liked it. And I thought that was going to be a long term relationship. Unfortunately, it wasn't. So right. I had to. He like, knew what
0: you liked.
1: Exactly. And it was just ordered for me. And it was never it was probably never this. It was the it's the area or the style or whatever it was. And so I've had to relearn Now. That being said, I have worked in some places where people were like um Antonio Gianola was really big on like bringing in like these biodynamic natural kind of wines and I've tasted some of them and they were they were good. I don't know crap like that would be a good place to go learn to see if I like it. Now, they started in the Loire Valley, correct? Is yes, that that's what, what they told me. Well, I like the Loire Valley, so I might be all right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And these guys have spent time. You know, one of the partners worked in New York at a natural wine bar called Tarwa, I think. And then they've spent time in, in France, kind of steeped in natural wine. And, and this movement has become very popular on what I would call the hippest wine list in the city. Yeah. Right. Theodore Rex, Public Services, Nancy's Hustle, see, Pammarata. Probably... All of those places have made 13 Celsius. All of those places have made natural wine like a part of what they're doing.
1: I think I'll be all right because you know Justin. Um, oh my God, doctor! I just want to call Justin him. Mann. Yeah, Justin Mann. Um He, you know, I've always liked what he paired with food at Oxheart and Theodore Rex. So
0: yeah, and this is not going to have a major food component. You know, mostly like meat and cheese plates. Mm-hmm. They're they have French butter for they're gonna they haven't figured out yeah. where they're buying the bread from, but but they're gonna match it. Tell with him French to call butter.
1: me. I got a guy.
0: You got a bread guy. Yeah. Who's your bread guy?
1: So you know Otto Sanchez.
0: I didn't. Yes, I do. Is he not at LaTab anymore? Is this no? Like he is. News? Oh, okay.
1: I guess I shouldn't have said anything.
0: <laughs> well, I, no. I mean, no. Otto Sanchez is is, is that incredibly man incredibly talented. That
1: man can make some bread.
0: Yeah, and if they're doing, if Letaub is doing bread wholesale to other people, then I'd be totally down for that.
1: I tell him to tell him to call me. All
0: right, I'll, yeah. I'll send them. I'll, I'll connect send him them with Otto. Number.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm probably dead now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, no, I, I met with them. I, I've seen the space. It's, it's really nice. It's got like, you can, you can just use it as a retail bottle shop, right? You, mm-hmm. can, you can pull up, take a bottle, go home, no problem. Or you can hang out. They have like a wine bar, kind of a tasting area. And then they have like a couple little side rooms with couches and comfortable looking chairs, two different patios, a, a front one, and kind of a back one.
1: Do they have hammocks? They don't have hammocks.
0: <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of a quiet location it's on west alabama uh right next to good dog right near the manil oh, that's
1: so, nice
0: yeah so i i mean i can totally see someone rolling in you know bottle of wine to go some sort of picnic basket situation with some meat and cheese and then going to hang out on the lawn that's that sounds like a really good houston fall afternoon to me
1: it does like all, like you could pick any three of those fall afternoons to yeah, do that. Right. Yeah,
0: and you could walk, which is like the least Houston thing ever. You the could, least. You could park one way and you could park, and then walk to the to the lawn.
1: Walking? What is walking?
0: You used to live in New York. You, you know. Oh what my gosh!
1: I know. I loved walking. I used to, when I worked at Danielle sometimes, and I, that was sixty fifth and Park, and I lived at eighty eight and Second. Sometimes some nights I would walk home. It was so nice. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Becky, for our restaurant of the week, I would like to talk to you about Eunice. Yes. This is the new restaurant that opened near Greenway Plaza from BRG Hospitality. I had Drake Leonard's and Daniel Blue on the show a couple of weeks ago to talk about Eunice. BRG Hospitality is known for restaurants like Luke and August. And it's the company that I... I'm sorry. And Willa Jean. And Willa Jean That's and my girl. Shia. Yeah. And it's the restaurant group that I can't call Besh Restaurant Group anymore because John Besch, who started it, uh, left his leadership position with the company after being accused of sexual harassment. So Good. I note that yep. to note it for the purposes of the people who get very emotional when I don't note that <laughs> and then I turn it to you and I say what did you think of Eunice
1: um I I went I've been twice now in the two weeks it's or week it's been open I went to a friends and family um and then dined with you and uh, Mr. Fulmer um the food is the food's great um obviously there's some I can't eat because of the shellfish aspects but um, that broccolini dish is like one of my favorites. It's so funny. Certain people, certain restaurants in town have gotten me to eat vegetables I hated my whole life. You know, cultivary and the cauliflower, Uchi and the Brussels sprouts, and now Eunice and the broccolini. Um, I, the service is good. They're on top of it. You know, they started, I think they came out of the gates blaring. Um,
0: they've had a long time to get ready for this. So
2: that, that's true. That they is have, important.
1: um, I've gotten to know Drake, we, Drake and I met Super Bowl whatever that was 2017 you know the weekend on Lost McKees yes <laughs> um, and since then you know forged a relationship and he's done a pop up um, at the bakery which was awesome um, you know Daniel and Luke the GM like they're you know they really want to come out of the gate swinging and make a great impression on the city um, the location is a little you know, I don't know. It's an office building, right?
0: It's an office building at the corner of Buffalo Speedway in Richmond. The address is Buffalo Speedway, but you actually enter. enter the valet from Richmond. Yes. And there's not a sign up yet. All of which I think has been a little bit confusing to people. People who have eaten there have expressed that to me that they've been confused by it. I have been like hyper aware of this space. For two years now, yeah. So I was ready for it, but I am a I am a bad judge of these things. So so just
1: for people who
0: are going to Eunice, just be aware.
1: My first time, the entrance is on Richmond. Wait, where am I going? And then I turn. I was like, Where is it? And then I turned onto Richmond. I go, Oh, there it is.
0: Yes, they Um, have a sign coming.
1: They have yes. Um, the the space is beautiful. It's really well put together. It's comfortable without being too stuffy. I think they're going to see... I think it's going to be a great business lunch place. Yeah. it's Happy really, hour.
0: It's really pretty.
1: It is. Jim
0: Braverman did that design.
1: I love the blues. I love... I
0: love those linen lamps. Yes. And the kind of shiplap on the walls. And I said something like dreamy ranch house.
1: Yes. That's a good one.
0: Jim didn't love that description. Oh. But that's what I'm going with it 's like like if um like if state of grace is like a very masculine uh hunt like hill country hunting lodge kind of situation
1: you've almost got a galveston coastal
0: yeah this weekend is like pad. coastal Louisiana more feminine, more romantic,
1: yeah, I love the reading material in the bathrooms that's hilarious, I mean, not that I sat there and read it, I just noticed it, but I mean, you know, I had Southern Lady and Better Homes and Gardens to choose from if I needed it. Yeah, it
0: has a little bit of a sense of humor.
1: Yeah, it's cute. The design has... Some, super cute. Uh,
0: and the food was really good. You, you didn't eat the shellfish. I did eat the shellfish. Uh, the roasted oysters with uh, the crab in them are excellent. There's like, a, there's like an avocado toast that's topped with crab, crab on it. right, yeah. yeah. Like a crab toast that's phenomenal.
1: I love the little yeast rolls that they send out for before, you yes. know, your bread. Yes. I could have eaten my weight in those.
0: Yeah, I I had, one, well, I've, I've also been twice. And the first time I had like three of them. <laughs> and then this time with you, I only had the one just because out of restraint, because I knew that there we was had a lot, a lot of food coming.
1: coming. The burrata dish, what kind of jelly? I can't remember what kind of jelly. Yeah, it was like
0: a pepper jelly. Pepper
1: jelly, that was super tasty. Yeah,
0: which is usually like something I would think of as trapped in the 80s, but... Yeah, uh, they, but it worked in this context. I've never seen burrata with burrata like creamy burrata with spicy. That was really smart. Yeah. Drake's food. I, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I think Drake's food is really good. Uh, the roasted duck dish with the crispy duck fried oh, rice.
1: I, I, the burger was so good. And I highly recommend the root beer float with the burger. It was like the whole the best sweet salty combination ever. It was really good.
0: And then. Uh, oh, and then Mr. Fulmer's grouper.
1: Yes. With he, the
0: crab on top was excellent.
1: He, he spoke very. And then you had the whole, the whole fish came out. Oh,
0: yeah. And then we didn't order that. And then somehow, somehow, uh, Bronzino Kubaya, <laughs> Cubayan, Cuba, not court bullion, Cuba, anyway, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Cajuns. Uh, but whole Bronzino uh, in tomato sauce with shrimp and crab came out, uh, not even on the menu yet.
1: Oh, and the chicken gumbo that supposedly was just made for me. Yeah, I, just I still, for you and your shelter shop. I still don't believe that was just made for me, but that was really tasty.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really like this restaurant. I I'm impressed at the prices. Most of the entrees in that kind of twenty five to thirty five. You know, the apps are in the the teens. So I feel like dinner for two, you have a cocktail a glass of wine, maybe situation. You're getting out for a hundred, maybe a little more that we, feels about right for me yeah. yeah we spent
1: we had it was like 70 bucks each,
0: yeah, which right.
1: isn't that's not i don't I, I don't i mean i'm not gonna go do that every day no and we ordered that,
0: heavy we right? did we ordered yeah. extra
1: stuff yeah we pretty much got the whole menu i think
0: we got a lot of the menu <laughs> and i regret absolutely none of it uh, i like that teal season cocktail they've got the wine list is cool wine list is Very French. Yeah. And I, I talked to a, a sommelier buddy. Markups are very reasonable. Oh, that's good. So you can go there and be confident. I, I, I've been, you know, like when we, when we talk about bands, it's like if you like, you know, Pearl Jam and Stone Top of Pilots, you'll like whoever, right? Right. Like you'll like this band. So if you like Brennan's and State of Grace, You'll like this. you will really like Eunice because yeah. it's kind of it's kind of the Venn diagram that's like right in the middle of both of them. Mm-hmm. And we have not really had kind of modern Creole cooking that's not that's not like snapper poncho train. You know what I mean? That kind of is inspired by dishes like that, but kind of lightens them and brightens them. And I, I think what Drake is doing at Eunice is pretty special. And I'm I'm excited to eat there. I'm excited for my third visit already.
1: Me too. I'm going to take the Wilsons, a.k.a. my parents. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, no, that's my... It's like my next... My next dinner with mom, I think, is going to be at, at Eunice.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I felt... I, you know, I, and I felt really comfortable in the dining room. I think the only... And I'm, I'm going to go there. The Oh, only yeah, no, thing, we got we to do it. We got to do it. And I'm going to preface this with as someone who is always and desperately right now needs pastry cooks, good pastry cooks in this city are hard to find. And I think Michael said it the best. It's as if someone had a really good recipe and just didn't create it.
0: Yeah, almost not, not quite like swap the sugar for salt bad, but neither dessert was good.
1: No, no. Uh,
0: lemon tart, not really any lemon flavor.
1: It was very like,
0: gluey texture.
1: <laughs> it was like I opened a, bag, a box of cream cheese and took a bite.
0: Yeah. And then the the hummingbird cake, which I actually had, I had had on my first visit and liked better, uh-huh. but the texture was just off.
1: I think it just the the hummingbird cake had more positive about it than negative. The lemon tart just made me really sad.
0: I'm not ordering the lemon tart
1: again. No. Like
0: not an, if if they want to send me a lemon tart and be like, no, no, we fixed it here. Try this, <laughs> okay? I'm not paying for it. Not...
1: Yeah, it's it kind of I'm you know. Next time I'll try the bread pudding. You can't go wrong with bread pudding. And I, Drake, and I talked about that. And I said, put it on your menu. The city loves bread pudding. I mean, I can make any kind of bread pudding at the shop, and I'll sell it out. Um, it's kind of hard to mess that one up. So maybe next time I'll try that one. Um, but you know, we talked. I talked to the guys afterwards, and it's it. it ugh, the pastry cook pool in the city of Houston's really bad right now. I don't understand you got culinary schools pushing them out. Where are they going?
0: Yeah, what do they do?
1: I don't know. I don't know where they're going.
0: All right. Well, before you get out of here, just tell us what's going on in the next couple of weeks at Fluff Bake
1: Bar. Um, super, super excited for this weekend's Saturday morning bake sale. I got the Nicks, So I have Nick Wong and Nick Fine from UB Preserve and um, One-Fifth respectively or is Nick Fine going over to Georgia James? Well
0: Nick Fine is the culinary director for Underbelly Hospitality so he kind of floats around Okay, but I'm sure he will be deeply involved in the opening of Georgia James
1: yeah so I don't know how they're going to pull this off if they're opening Georgia James this week but we'll see um, and then next weekend, we have Matthew Odom, who is the restaurant critic for the Austin American Statesman in Austin.
0: Is he going to wear like a hat and sunglasses and a fake beard?
1: I don't know. We haven't really discussed it yet.
0: Okay. Cause there's not like a lot of pictures of him floating around the internet.
1: I know there's the, I think the one I get is going to have a black bar over his face. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited. He's, he's really, really stoked. It's fun to have folks like when you came that aren't like cooking experts like getting them in and the imagination that they come up with they come up with some of the best dishes I think because it's they're like I had this once and I had this once and let's put it together you know
0: yeah it was really fun and you and your team made me look really good
1: of course we try to make everybody look good they try to make me look good
0: <laughs> and then can we tease the the Thursday night takeover since I saw that the deal go down at Eunice Friday night
1: Wait, what was it?
0: It's James Haywood and Ross Coleman from Kitchen Town. Washington. Oh yeah,
1: that's in November.
0: Not until November. But, not
1: till November. November. But we
0: saw the deal. I I happened to be he, sitting is, at the is, table. Yes. I saw the deal go down.
1: Yeah. Uh, so um, they're going to November eighth. I'm ninety nine percent sure. I haven't like hundred percent not locked it down, but um, uh, James said yes. So <laughs> I all think, right. Yeah. So
0: plug the website, plug your social media, and then I'll I'll turn you loose.
1: Okay, uh fluffbakebar.com and you can follow us. Instagram is at, at fluffbakebar, or if you want some snark at sugar ferry.
0: Awesome. Becky, yeah. thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Always a blast. Thank you.
0: All right, and I'll be right back with Monica Pope. You're listening to
1: what's Eric Eating.
0: I'm joined this week by Monica Pope. Uh I don't I don't know. I don't maybe not an exaggeration to say. Houston culinary legend Monica Pope. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank Thanks you for so being here. How are you?
2: I'm awesome. Thank you. And thank you for having me.
0: We have, we have so much to talk about. I always like to start at kind of the beginning with chef interviews. I don't want to dwell too long because you've had such a long career, but how did you get started cooking professionally? Professionally? Well, what, what made you decide that that was what you wanted to be for your career?
2: Well, cut to the chase. At 17, a swimmer friend asked me what I was going to do. She was graduating before me, but um, we were sitting in a McDonald's, and uh, she was eating. I wasn't. And um, I said, oh, I'm going to open a restaurant and change the way Houston eats. And she was just dumbfounded, as was I, like I was struck by lightning. But um, I thought that i said that and then i did that i spent 10 years uh cooking all over the world um i started at cafe any and i just had this single-minded you know dream determination to to eventually open a restaurant which i did when i came back in 92 or i came back in 89 but
0: right that was boulevard bistro
2: no 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 oh okay sorry that was the quilted toque, the quilted toque. 1992 to 1994
0: and that became Tafia. And then you eventually... No, okay.
2: Eric. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so 1992 to 94 was Quilted Toque. And then sort of overlapping for about a month was uh, Boulevard Bistro, 94, till about 2000, I think, three or four, maybe. Um, and then I did Tafia for almost nine years. And then I did Sparrow um, for an epic short Two, what, two or three years? Yeah, two, three. Well, sixteen, I closed. But
0: well, I I think because really, you you like prior to you kind of coming onto the scene, there was a notion that good restaurants, fine dining, high quality restaurants, would buy the best ingredients from wherever they were grown, anywhere in the world. Right. Oh, yeah. And and you you were like, no, no, I'm going to buy local. I'm going to buy from the farms that are well, here I, in Texas.
2: I had cooked a little bit in Houston, just you know, La Grilla, uh Karen's Bistro, uh, or Bistro Cuisine. Ultimately, uh, and um, um, whatever the other one was, there. oh, Caffeine, essentially. But um, but I had cooked all over the world when I came back to Houston. As much as I said I was going to change the way Houston eats, I didn't know what that meant but over the course of my career with lots of restaurants i started to understand more and more it it meant that thing local um but it didn't exist um there was a moment in 94 when uh i think it was kind of more like urban harvest and they all wanted to have this event uh on a monday and it was like a hundred plus people and one of the farmers remembers that as the 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 day it all changed for Houston and I just happened to let them use Boulevard Bistro that Monday. Um, and that may have been the start of them getting together with urban harvest to do, you know, a local, local farmer's market and create this scene, you know? So what
0: was it about your experiences that made you decide to promote local ingredients?
2: Um, I mean, in the short kind of hop, skippy, jumpy, my, I I started cooking, I felt, well, I felt family food tradition was important on my mother's, my mother's side, my mother's mother. So I worked with her. They were wheat farmers. So there was that. They were one crop farmers, you know, um, and then this kind of biological diversity thing, um. Uh, family. That was the main thing. I think I was going to, ultimately I look back and I was going to deal with myself and my family, uh, and all that, that comes with it. Um, and it just segged into just because early on I was open to what does this mean? And I got invited to Chef's Collaborative and that was a connection to slow food. And then slow food was a connection to, you know, it just kept going. And, um, and, you know, none of it existed here. So I just kept going along, going, well, I guess somebody needs to open a farmer's market. <laughs> you know, and I, try, I tried a right. couple of times. You know, you have examples out there in the country, you know, Alice Waters being sort of my ultimate sort of mentor for this. Um, uh, but then, you know, I felt completely alone in that sort of uh, dream to to, you know. And again, I didn't really – know what the change was you know but it just sort of people would come in you know i'd have a farmer's and people would come in did you know that local's the new organic you know and i'd be like no i need to read more you know i it just it just it just kind of built a certain uh, amount of momentum over time yeah and then you know and then suddenly 25 years later everybody's like it's you you did it and i'm like yeah i don't even know i didn't even know how i did that when i was doing it
0: Yeah, I mean, because I remember going to the farmer's market at Tafia Uh, even before I was a writer. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just to like check it out. When did you get on the scene uh, or when did you get here?
0: Well, I grew up here.
2: Okay, all right.
0: And then I became, you know, I was reading Rob Walsh restaurant reviews and Allison Cook restaurant reviews even going back a long way. And then I stumbled into an internet community. I lurked through. Houston.Eats on Usenet, uh, watching Jay Francis and Albert Nurek snipe at each other, which happily continues now on Facebook. Uh, and then I fell in with the Chowhounds about 2009, oh, Lord, Jenny, yeah, Jenny yeah. Wang's group. And yeah. so chefs on Twitter and foodies and, you know, like so it I was went around on a, that time. I went on, right. So 2009, I went on a taco truck crawl where I met Michael Fulmer, Catherine Shulcut, Chris Reed, um all these people who would go on to various roles in the food community. And that's kind of what started me down the path. Okay. Not, not knowing in 2009 that I'd get to do this for a living. Yeah. But so, so
2: 2009. Know. So I started, Roughly, you know, yeah. 92 and, and my celebrity status kind of started, I guess, 2010, uh, with the TEDx, uh, TED talks. Sorry. And, um, and then, um, uh, Top Chef Master and you know James Spirit Award all this stuff you know uh, yeah you were, I mean uh, I had I, Food and Wine Best New like in ninety six but but all that stuff around 2009, two thousand nine ten eleven 12, that was just the whole business changed
0: so, yeah all of all of a sudden not just my job but your job and right. writers and well, right everything right Culture Map started in two thousand nine okay. so yeah you know Eater came to town in two thousand eleven you know all of that
2: right.
0: media change media changed pretty dramatically.
2: And it was Culture Map that got me to do the TED Talk. Oh, okay, cool. Which is, yeah. I mean, I still get Culture Pilot and Culture Map confused, but uh, but anyway, yeah, it, that was a, a, a new beginning. Yeah, because well,
0: basically, all of a sudden, the, the things you'd been doing for twenty years were suddenly cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, suddenly, yeah. It was very weird in nineteen ninety two. I was different.
0: Um. Well, and you also started Beavers.
2: That was what, that was twelve years ago. Do you want to do the math? Was that?
0: Yeah, so that was so it's uh, two thousand eighteen, so call it two thousand six.
2: Was it? Okay. Ish? If I, you say so. Yeah, it probably.
0: I mean, I remember going so Anvil opened in so again, two thousand nine. Anvil opened in Anvil opened in two thousand nine. Okay. And mm-hmm. I remember going to Beavers for Derby Day in either two thousand seven or eight and having my first mint julep. Because Bobby Hugel was behind the bar and I had always re- I had read about mint juleps and I'd seen them on TV, but it had never occurred to me that I could actually
2: try one. <laughs> In Houston. In Houston. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, it's crazy. But yeah, so you brought that same kind of ethos to a more casual environment and also kicked off like the cocktail revival.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. And look what we're doing now.
0: Well, yeah, you want to you want to talk about that and then we'll come back to Butcher's Ball.
2: Yeah, I'm just so excited. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to stay away from the the whole Beavers controversy and end and divorce and all that stuff. It's it is for the most part water under the bridge. But um Right, but I'm, I but I'm I am interested so, in
0: your role at Vinegar Hill.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to be back uh, in the group. Uh, I never left, but it's but it's good to be back in it and um adam brackman really uh decided he owns the building and he it was everything we did 12 years ago was for him and his father and this whole thing that we were just trying to do honor to him and uh you know do this community thing that we do i've done it forever but what we could do together as a group um he came up with this idea you know the history of vinegar hill you've read a little bit about that just a little bit Do you want me to... Sure. Briefly? Yeah, yeah. So Vinegar Hill is the neighborhood um, that is kind of in and around where we uh, have been on Decatur, um, kind of Preston Street between the Bayou, Washington, and then on up to Sixth Street, if that even exists anymore. Um, And it was ruled by this African-American woman, uh, Carolyn Riley, in the mid-1800s, and it was infested with Vinegaroon scorpions. I mean, it has this very sordid, amazing... History um, and that is all in Sig Birds uh, and John Lomax wrote about it too. So it's got this amazing, you know, pre-Civil War crazy history. Um, So we've taken kind of all those elements and and with with within the spirit of Beavers uh, are doing this bar called Vinegar Hill, Uh, and that was Adam's uh, idea, I believe, maybe Jeff's as well, Um, and. Uh, but within the walls of the bar there 's a dividing uh, metal glass screen that will, uh, that does hold a thirty seat restaurant and it is the kitchen is over there, and that we 're giving to different chefs every three months or so uh, to do the, to have their own restaurant and just give it a go and Our first one is Evelyn Garcia who 's just amazing. Uh, great girls in New York for 10 years CIA you know doing awesome papooses and Southeast Asian food and um, and just excited about having a plate instead of a, a boat um, well and
0: having a stove like and not having, a tent right having, having a roof
2: oh yeah 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 and then during the day it uh, my my kind of interest uh, or my contribution is, is is certainly backing up Evelyn but also during this creative work space, during the day, it's it scares my investor partners. <laughs> it's like no economy. Like I don't want any transactions. I just want people to gather and connect and create and just use that space. And then at night, you know, we'll have a changing restaurant uh, and then an uh, uh, awesome bar. And I think we are going into this knowing we are going to set the bar again. And in 12 years from now, everybody's going to be – following in our footsteps and trying to hit that bar.
0: So you have Evelyn lined up for the first residency. What's the right kind of chef to take on an opportunity like this?
2: Well, they have to be really talented. (laughs) Um, They have to, uh, and this is, you know, they have to have legit restaurant experience. They don't have to have a cooking degree, but um, we're talking to, to, Tony Lerman from El Torpo, just a brilliant, talented guy and so much more than I thought he was. I thought he was just a taco guy. (laughs) Uh, Great tacos, but, you know, and have gotten to know him and have talked to a few other people that I really, really respect and and know they do really good food. I think the the real uh, thing is they have to kind of want a restaurant you know i think is sort of the point but it could be just that they want to have a restaurant for only 3 months <laughs> and then, and then go on and do something else it's so hard it is so hard i would i swore years ago that i would never discourage anybody from this business uh and i've been in it a long time and i've been hugely successful but i again, still would never discourage anybody. And so this is a great opportunity to say, okay, here's what it's like. Here you go, 30 seats, and you got the whole kitchen to yourself. And I'm not saying sink or swim, but there's part of me that's like, I'll help you as much as I can, you know, with my own experience, but I'm not going to be in there on the line with you (laughs) trying to get you out of the weeds. Hell no. Right. I I
0: guess that was one of the things Becky and I were were talking about at the first half of the show is like – what happens if like i think evelyn's got a real following cuz she's she's been at axel Rad and all this, but like yeah. what happens if nobody shows up
2: right i don't well uh you know in my my experience uh they show up you know people show up they show up for what i do what we do um and i know they'll show up for her uh maybe because you know we're we're put her in that position but um i know she has a ton of people that come for papooses and stuff the um, that 's the other thing is it doesn 't matter it really doesn 't matter if two people show up and she just does two great uh, you know ter- <laughs> not turns but seats um, because the the rent if you if we call it a rent a percentage whatever is deter- there 's no set you know minimum it 's like it 's going to be whatever the percentage is for however much you do so Yes you will if it if it's two customers you will have to adjust your labor in the kitchen and your and your and your front of the house uh, um, service uh, but um, but there's not that pressure to I've got to p- meet this rent you know to two thousand dollars a month or ten or twenty thousand
0: right so if there's somebody who like worked his or her way through like cataabata and 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 wants to do like a really intimate, Oh, Ten person a night tasting menu. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Absolutely that can charge two hundred and eighty dollars if they think they can get it and do it and uh and yeah, absolutely go for it. I don't I don't I mean the the way the the room is set up is the way it's set up. But the idea was to give them um the thirty seats, which we decided was kind of enough, you know. Yeah, it's like a and, half size. Yeah. And and that would be when I did what was it 50 seats or 49 seats. And then Scott Tyser did 19 seats. And then Oxhart did, you know, it's like right, 32
0: you know, can, seats or can, whatever. Can,
2: you know, know can't, oh, you can't make money off of that Monica. Um, but, um, they get, they're in charge of the tablescape. Essentially, if they want to change a plate or a glass or flowers or something, or they don't want flowers or, and they're in charge of the way it's presented. If they want to do family style, if they want to do uh, coursed. um, you know if they they want to use that that uh higher area that was our counter that's kind of the kitchen table if they want to have a more intimate you know thing where they can see her in the kitchen i mean it's just it's totally up to the the chef we're not dictating that um and we're also setting ourselves apart from it saying that's not us. That's her. We're over here. Right. We're, know, we're, we're, we're we have a, cocktails. We have, we have, we have cocktails over here. We're we're doing that thing and um, yeah.
0: So, all right. So let's talk about Butcher's Ball.
2: Butcher's Ball. Uh-oh. Third year. <laughs> it's my second, but it's the third year. Yeah. What?
0: Well, let me let me just start at the let me start at the beginning. What what about this event appeals to you?
2: Now, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> it didn't appeal to me before.
0: Well, that's um, that's the obvious. Yes.
2: I, I was you
0: you, well, you had a you I objected was, to aspects of the event last no, year. No, no, no,
2: no, no. I was busy the first year, and Jason had had stayed on me, and I was sort of noncommittal, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, what, well, when is it again? When is it? Yeah. And it, it is. It is just after twenty five years. I've, there have been a lot of events and a lot of stuff, and you know, and it was just sort of like, uh you know, and I was also. Finishing up, so so I missed by accident, on purpose I guess the first year. He came back to me the second year because I said, "Come back to me," you know. I'm sorry, I missed it. I'm just you know busy, and uh, and I was busy. You know, there was a lot of stuff falling apart, and a lot of stuff I was trying to you know uh, keep going. Um, and then he came back to me, and I said, "Oh, okay, let me put it in my phone. Let's work towards that, whatever." And then I had an epic. Season of just really challenging pop-ups, if you will, in a field, you know, and even events like this in Dallas and whatever. And I, when I got, and then at the eleventh hour, they asked me to do the, the panel discussion, and so I said, okay, sure, whatever, you know. And I, and I, admittedly, still hate panel discussions. So when I got when I got to the bitches ball, I told Kim, I said, look, I'm just preparing you. I have had a bad run of it in the last couple of weeks. I'm really. I already hate panel discussions, and I'm barely alive to get here. My my Tim, my co field chef, was still trying to get back from Dallas that day. You know, so it was just challenging. And and I, but I warned her. But then I, you know.
0: Yeah, you. I. So I, I didn't. I only heard it secondhand.
2: You were right there in the.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I was
2: there. <laughs> oh, you weren't listening. <laughs> uh, well, you,
0: I I tune in and out. Yeah. But you said you didn't like events like this.
2: Yeah. Okay. So to answer your question, yeah, I don't. And you know, Brady from kishon Five Five was sitting next to me, and he was like, he said, "But you did my you you love my event, right?" And, said, and no. later, and later, he texted me and he said, or emailed and he said, "Hey, I really would be interested to know what you do and don't like about my event." And 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 we'd never, to be honest, no one had ever asked. And after the Dallas event, like she didn't even answer my text messages of like, are you going to reimburse me for blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that kind of thing. Like you've done it. We're done. Uh, Thanks. Bye. Get your stuff out of the way, you know? But so he asked me and then uh, also Jason and, and uh, Elaine were interested in just sort of, well, how was it for you? You know? And it was a great event. It is a great event. And I actually excited to be back this time and doing, they've asked me to do a cooking class for kids, which I think is great. Um, and uh, they have not asked me to do a panel discussion, <laughs> which is great. I don't know if I'd say yes. <laughs> I don't
0: even know if they're doing panel discussion. They might again not be. Year.
2: I may have cured them of that. Uh, but it's it, it. And they've learned from you know some uh, efforts to mistakes, if you want to call them. And I I just think I think it's a really neat event. And I, I and I do love Kashan Five 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 too. And I have some issues with that, but um, but I, I think they're great. I think they try to do good, which is more than I can say for, you know, some of the food frenzied, you know, out of control stuff. I think there isn't a good end to these events.
0: Well, yeah. And and just as a consumer, just as an attendee, I I like the Butcher's Ball because of the setting at Rock and Stone Ranch out in Brenham. It's really a nice environment to kind of be out in the country a little bit. Uh, the quality of the chefs from Houston, Austin, and Dallas is really good. I mean, I always I always like seeing what John Tizar is doing. I like seeing what the guys from Austin are doing. It's got just like a different feel. Uh, like I can't think of another culinary event where Willow Villarreal would win the People's Choice two years in a row. But there's just, but, but, you know, his food has been really delicious and he captures people's attention. And, and even in the face of like, much bigger names like Willow has risen to the top. I think that's right, really cool. Right, right. So all of all of that, and and I'm with you that Elaine Gillard and and Jason Kerr are really and great Jonathan Beeler too. Yeah, I want to leave him Byron. out because yeah.
2: he's it's a
0: it's a triumvirate. So we we've already Becky and I already said nice things about Jonathan <laughs> today since he's going to be helping you out with Vinegar Hill a little bit, he, helping he get re- the word out.
2: He really. Oh no, he's been in on the a lot of the. Work up to this point, and uh, still, yeah. Now he's gotta, gotta get us out there. So,
0: yeah. So tickets are on sale. I I didn't I I didn't do my my prep. How much do you know how much they are off the top of your head? Okay. Well, I will have a link in the culture map uh, article uh, that accompanies this podcast. I'll have a link yeah. to the butcher's ball.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, are you cooking?
2: Um, I I think I've um, I think I'm out of that. I think my. A lot happened because Jonathan Jones was going to be there, and I, Tim, my co-field chef, we talked about. I've, I've asked him now to kind of be there for me for the cooking thing, and you know we we definitely want to just be out there. Um, but so I don't know where Elaine and Jason have left it with Jonathan or Tim. Um, and but I will be out there doing my cooking thing with the kids. Tim's probably, I'd like him to do what we won last year because everybody it just just was so, they loved it. You Remember the Lomo El Trapo? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we can let the kids do that. Uh,
0: and then are you still doing your private cooking classes for people?
2: Yeah. So I just moved out of my commercial space on Travis, uh, literally like in May. And I'm in my 103-year-old bungalow, which is now my cook shop downstairs and my residence upstairs. It's in the museum district, essentially behind Canopy. And I offer uh, everything. I do off-site, you know, everything, parties and cooking classes. But then I also do seated dinners at the cook shop, uh, uh, team building, cooking classes. I have one tomorrow night that's my market to cook shop class. I have the family family skills that's kind of morphed into a knife skills because I feel like the kids and the parents really need, it's really about knife skills ultimately that they all feel comfortable cooking together. And then I've got some other stuff on the horizon, which is awesome. And you Um,
0: still do, do you still do the events in Roundtop at all?
2: You know, everybody else is out there now. So I'm I'm sort of like, (laughs) y'all can have it. Um, I've done, uh, my co field chef did uh, curate this year. um, And we, we did a pop up there not that long ago. Um, I would do things for Cheryl and for Matt Wyatt at Recycling the Past. I would limit it to that, probably. Um, and, um, you know, that whole scene's changing out there. I don't know if it's totally for the good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just it, it happens when things get too hip and too cool and too too popular. So, Is,
0: Do you feel that way about Houston, like, in general?
2: Um, well... No, no, no.
0: Because I feel like... I we don't know.
2: I'm, I mean, I've been at this for such a long time. I'm happy to see that we are kind of not hip and cool. We've always been hip and cool, but that we're real and that we really are a great city for lots of things, food and art and, um, you know, alcohol and beer and everything. You know, it's just... Um, and, and culture, LA, everything. We, yeah, it's we've like always a really been,
0: fun time to live here.
2: I have friends that go, you know, who knew? And I'm like, well, we've known this for, <laughs> for our entire lives, but okay. Um so no, I there's so much there's there is a lot happening. There is a lot, but it and it will you know, it will settle out. But um but it's great. I love to see the energy of, of the the young young entrepreneurs and chefs and Psalms and mixologists is coming up and artists and still doing great stuff. And, you know,
0: is it, is it too personal if I ask you about your health since you, Oh no, no, not at
2: all. <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's out there. Uh, how are you, how you, you posted that you've been diagnosed with breast cancer. I was diagnosed with breast cancer not that long ago and, um, and just got totally waved through the whole process and had surgery on Friday, uh, best of the best of the best staged as a one it might actually be confirmed as a stage zero by the time this is over uh that's how early i caught it that's how you know fast everybody jumped on it and um i have 10 days of recovery so i'm trying to not chop chop but um just the outpouring from everybody has been amazing um you know well that's uh, good news yeah
0: you're caught it early and uh-huh. treated and I know. on the road to recovery i, I
2: know I know. The, the inroads they've made and i was just, i had never been really in my family directly uh, uh connected to cancer anybody uh, now with my brother in the last couple of years but um so it's just been crazy to now be a part of the tribe and uh, and the, the money they've raised and the work they've done has just been amazing.
0: Well, and people come out of the woodwork. because it's it's touched my yeah. family a couple oh, yeah. of times, yeah. and anytime you you sort of say that word, everybody's got a story. Everybody's right. there to offer you support. Right. right. So
2: not always good endings, but um, no, but a lot of good endings and um, and a lot of good, just great support and help and and love, just love.
0: Well, that brings me to the end of my questions. Yeah. Uh, I always wrap these interviews up with what I call the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Yikes. Just say the first thing that comes to mind.
2: Okay, I don't You're... have very short answers. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> well, well, Monica, we're going to try this together. <laughs> right. okay. Be just... with me on this. Okay. We're going to try it together. What's your favorite ingredient? Salt. What's the first restaurant you ever worked at? Annie. What is the first band you ever saw in concert?
2: Perry Manilow? Saturn Diamond. Sorry, I can't remember the first person. Uh, I,
0: I feel like this is not going to work out for me, but do you have a fast food guilty pleasure? Do you do you ever eat from restaurants with drive-thrus? Uh,
2: the fastest, fastest, I would say, food thing... Is more like, like an elevation burger, that kind of thing, which is kind of, it is fast. It has a drive-through. That, uh, that counts for. My does it have? It, that's true. Okay, there you go.
0: Uh, and where's your favorite place to get a taco?
2: Uh, Tony El Topo. Absolutely. <laughs> At the farmers market. Yeah, mine too. Yeah.
0: Monica Pope, uh, give us your website and how people can follow you.
2: SparrowHouston.com. And you will get uh, some information there. And then you'll go to Kitchen Underground, which I'm uh, working with, to, uh, to buy tickets and to um, get hooked up. So, right. Thanks for doing this. Thank you.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Esandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.